0: To dear Hank and John,
1: or as I prefer to think of it, dear John and Hank,
0: it's a podcast where two brothers answer your questions, give you dubious advice, and bring you all the week's news from both Mars and AFC Wimbledon. John, yes, what part of the human body is long and flexible and and is about is about two feet long and it, it contains the letters P E N S and
1: I? I'm just going to say what. The spine. Ah. The spine. Spine, John. The spine. Hey, Hank. (laughs) So I found out something really interesting this week. This is gonna blow your mind. Okay. You know our Uncle Mike? We don't have favorite uncles. (laughs) But if we did, you know our Uncle Mike? Yeah. Our our famously Our famous Uncle Mike, yeah. Our our famously quiet, reserved, Mm -hmm. brilliant. Yeah impressive, imposing, intimidating (laughs) Uncle Mike. Yeah, I know. I know Uncle Mike. I just found out that Uncle Mike listens to this podcast. And he just listened to me make a spine joke, John. Not my favorite spine joke of all time, but... (laughs) I'll have another one for you next week. I can't wait. Anyway, hi, Uncle Mike, if you're listening.
0: Yeah, he was very sweet. He said some very nice things about the podcast and my book and an email to me, which... Is a is a nice moment to get an email from Uncle Mike. How many words were in the email?
1: Would you estimate under fifty? Oh yes, yeah, uh, yeah. He he's he can say a lot with a few words. Indeed, unlike us. Uh, <laughs> I know you would think that we might have gotten a modicum no. of his ability to no. to speak with some precision, but no, we're about to ramble on for <laughs> God knows how long. Beginning with answering this question from Bryn. <laughs> okay. Hank, I wanted to ask this question because I actually know the answer. I like I know oh. the answer in such detail. Mm-hmm. And it's as you know, I almost never know anything. So this is really exciting for me. Bryn writes, Dear John and Hank, the other day my sister and I were trying to record a dumb video and my phone ran out of storage, mm-hmm. mid-video, and I went to my settings to try and free up some room. And it said that over half of my storage is being taken up by this category called Other. Oh, God. If it isn't pictures or videos or apps or messages or my system, then what is it? Is it my FBI agent? Hank. (laughs) What is it? We got it. First off, we got at least 12 questions this week that referenced my FBI agent, which I assume now is like a meme. Like I assume it's a thing where everyone imagines that they have their own FBI agent. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So I'm glad that we've reached that point in, in the dystopian story. Anyway, Bryn. You know what that other is? I'm almost positive mm. I know exactly what that other is. Do you know what it is, Hank?
0: No, actually, I don't, and I'm super curious.
1: It's Netflix downloads. If you download something um, off of Netflix... It just goes into other. So you could watch it offline, it counts as other. And I had this problem with my phone and my iCloud where I was like, I don't understand. I, I have like four terabytes, and it was all... It wasn't even good Netflix shows. It was like Barbie Dreamhouse what? that I downloaded no. for Alice. Yeah. Not for myself. <laughs> Although i they do have some jokes for grownups, which I appreciate. That shout out to the Barbie Dreamhouse writers. They're they're looking out for me. <laughs> it's Netflix downloads, Bryn. You just gotta get rid of those Netflix downloads.
0: John thinks it's Netflix downloads. Let's hope let's hope. I actually, this this week, my I have a lot of space in this computer and it popped up with a little, you're out of disk space. And so I go into my like footage dump folder and I like take all the old vlog where files out and I'm like, that'll fix it. And then the next day it came back and it was like, your, your computer is full again. And then, and I, if you want to write and tell me what happened here. So I opened it up and I searched my entire hard drive for big files and there was a file. It was a MOV file. 123 gigabytes and it was, wow. it just kept getting bigger. Every time I gave it space, it would make itself bigger. And I like don't like
1: a koi in a fish pond.
0: Yes. Yes. It's doing something. I don't know what it was doing. I don't know what program was creating it, but it was continually creating it. So I did a full reboot of this system and deleted the 123 gigabyte file. And now I'm good. Now I'm good.
1: <laughs> I mean, that seems like it was almost definitely your FBI. Yeah, agent. I'm worried. You should
0: be. <laughs> I mean, I think that John. I think that my uh, FBI agent is hopefully entertained by uh, the all all of the things that I do. At least I hope. I hope that my FBI agent is really into microbes because he's getting a lot.
1: Yeah, I think my FBI agent is probably like, oh my god, this guy will watch anything on YouTube at one o'clock in the morning. <laughs> Nothing is below his standards. No, I've noticed. (laughs) I know. You you see my watch history. And after 11 p.m., I'm just, I'm completely unreliable. Like, will (laughs) I watch somebody build a swimming pool with a stick in the jungle? Yes. (laughs) Those are amazing. They're so good. You
0: watch a lot of, I'm surprised by the number of boat videos you watch.
1: I just like to look at the ocean, Hank, okay? And I can't do it from Indianapolis. (laughs) Uh, So this is my way. Let's move on to another question. Okay.
0: This next question comes from Eliza, who asks, Dear Hank and John, I'm a first year student at the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill, a.k.a. the Cluster University. This is a reference to an editorial that was published in the student paper that did, did not bleep out that word. I'm being kicked out of my dorm today, and as I was packing the overwhelming feeling of loss came again. I say again because not too long ago, I was a high school senior ready to go to prom and to graduate when suddenly everything was ripped away. I arrived on campus thinking, finally, I can see people again, only to be proven wrong just two weeks later. It's hard not to feel like my class is a little cursed at times, and I was wondering if y'all could offer us some hope I'm starting to feel like nothing will ever be the way I planned. And maybe that was a pipe dream from the start. I just can't help but feel lied to
1: and robbed of the, quote, best years of my life. Don't get me wrong. I'm going to stop you there, <laughs> Eliza. I'm going to stop you right there. I understand being upset. Yeah. This does suck. Mm-hmm. I don't want to minimize it. I, I do not know where the insidious lie came from that the ages of 17 to 21 are the best years of your life, but it might be the worst lie that we collectively believe in, which is really saying something. Of course, it's not the best years of your life. It's a time of constant uncertainty and change. And yes, there are wonderful things, but there are also terrible things. It's it's very big years of your life, and and you're having an extremely big version of them. And I'm sorry that it's big in so many terrible ways, but... This morning I was talking to my kids and they were talking about whether summer is better than winter and my daughter observed this deep truth that I had never crystallized for myself before in the way that she crystallized it, which is that when it is winter, you feel like it will never be warm again. And when it is summer, you feel like it will never be cold again. Wow! And because it is now, you cannot imagine what the future will be like, but it will not be like now.
0: Yeah, it will not always be like this. Uh, So there is there is that. And I think one reason why this this hurts is because it feels like there is a there is a clear path that you've been working toward. And now that path is much less clear. Yeah. Um, And maybe it will clear up in the future and and like it will basically just sort of restart, you know, and maybe you'll get three years of college instead of four, um, which admittedly is certainly not ideal. But There is also the fact that, like, there are many times when paths will look clear and and they will be set out in front of you and then suddenly they will not be available. And the thing to do in that situation is, of course, like, you know, if you can, um, of course, like, there's there's grieving and frustration that comes along with that. But there is still a path there that you're still on. You just have to figure out what that one is.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But you do still need to grieve and it does still suck. And there are going to be a lot of times in life when you think you're on a path and it doesn't happen, or at least it doesn't happen the way you imagined it. And right now, one of the strange things about this historical moment is that most people are having some version of that experience. Obviously, some people are having extreme versions of it. Some people are having minor versions of it. But a lot of us had imagined mm. the summer of 2020 or the fall of 2020 a little differently than yeah. how it's gone. And that that loss is real. Mm-hmm. But I think we also have to be good at
0: identifying paths when, when they are not necessarily clearly and set out in front of us. And that's part of becoming better at being a human.
1: You know, even after talking about this with you a bunch, I just keep coming back to what Alice said. When it's summer, you think it's never going to be cold. And when it's winter, you think it's never going to be hot. And you're wrong. Um, it is. It's going to be warm again. And maybe we the can... light-soaked days are coming.
0: And you know, John, another thing is that Kristen also emailed us, who also has just
1: been sent home from UNC. So maybe we can hook you two up. <laughs> we got a bunch of emails, actually, from people who've been sent home from UNC. It was very sad to read all of the emails this week and see so many. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Kristen writes, "Dear John and Hank, I just moved into my dorm 12 days ago, and now they're sending <laughs> us home. Thanks for the twenty-three thousand dollar two-week vacation. I feel like there's a little bit of anger as well as as well as yeah, you three. think. But the real problem is that one of my sweetmates brought her fish. Uh, <laughs> this is terrible. <laughs> oh my god! Brought her fish to the dorm and can't bring it oh. back because she has to fly back and mm-hmm. she can't bring it on the flight. One mm-hmm. of my other sweetmates is taking custody of the fish for the semester." But the fish shares the name with her sister's ex-boyfriend. What is the policy on renaming someone else's fish?
0: Well, here's the situation. I think a fish name can get it can be pretty malleable. Yeah. So while it is in your. Uh, other sweet maid's home, that fish is named manhole. And then when it returns, it's named Derek again.
1: Yeah, I think that's fine. I think you can call your roommates fish whatever you need to to get through this experience. I would argue the bigger concern is that in terms of keeping a fish alive, four months is a long time. And so your main job <laughs> yeah. here. Is is to return with a fish, regardless of that that fish's name. Speaking of which, John, five fish names in five seconds. Go. Um. Er. Good one. Ah. Uh, uh, great. And Lizzo. <laughs> that was three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, one one was uh, one was, mm, one, was eh, one was uh, one was er. Okay, yeah, no, that was four. That was four, <laughs> okay. and Lizzo is my, my fifth. All pick. of
0: them were just sort of like noises of frustrated thought and Lizzo. Okay, well, right, whichever one of those you want. Uh, You're welcome, John. You got to put yourself, you got to lean out over the edge, got to see what happens, got to be like plate, nocturne, animal, plant, <laughs> danger.
1: There, see those were good. Mine are better.
0: John, this next question comes from Annabeth, who asks, "Dear Hank and John, are mushrooms a vegetable? They're a fungi. They're not even plants. How could that be a vegetable? Not a chase, Annabeth.
1: What? Not, not a, chase. a chase. What's the opposite of a chase? Not a chase.
0: Oh, Annabeth, chase. Annabeth, chase is is from the Percy Jackson books. John.
1: Oh, I was I was thinking very literally. I was going like, for
0: a pun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> OK, the, so first of all, obviously, the
1: category of vegetable is made up. This idea that there are f- all categories, yeah. <laughs> all, all categories are made up. Sure. This is like the, the, the underlying problem is anytime you come up against these weirdnesses in taxonomy, the thing that you have to remember is that like the category, it's not like vegetables came to be based on a category. Right. The category came to be based on our observation of vegetables, and then as our observation of vegetables got better, we were like, oh, it turns out this category is like yeah. a little oversimplistic. It's not good. But I will say that taxonomically, there
0: are all kinds of things. Like, there, there, like scientifically, taxonomically, there are fruits, and fruits are a certain kind of thing, and then vegetables are a kind of other kind of thing. But vegetables is the is the one that really doesn't really mean anything. And so, but... I brought this question up because Deboki and I looked it up and the, uh, the USDA has thoughts on this, oh. which I'm a big fan of. Okay. Um, so the USDA categorizes mushrooms under other vegetables. And here are the categories of vegetables, John. You've got, this is a court, like for now, this is what we have arrived at. Dark green vegetables, mm-hmm. red and orange vegetables. Sure. Beans and peas. Yep. Starchy vegetables, which yep. shouldn't count because they're basically just bread that grows. Right. And then you've got, other vegetables. And other vegetables includes... It includes funguses, mm-hmm. summer
1: squash, avocado, Wait, and
0: iceberg lettuce. <laughs>
1: <laughs> avocado is a weird one. It's really hard. Avocado... It is! Avocado is probably the most interesting food that, that humans eat. Mm-hmm. Um Iceberg lettuce, though, I think they put iceberg lettuce in other... in the first attempt in a multi-decade process to hopefully remove iceberg lettuce from human (laughs) diets. (laughs) Uh,
0: No, John. No, I love salad dressing. And iceberg lettuce is the purest way to get it into my mouth
1: with a little crunch. Poor summer squash, though. I like, know! What about all the other squashes? Why do they get to live happily in either dark green vegetables or right? red and yellow vegetables? Where do
0: the winter squashes go? Like, winter squashes, to me, are, are they starchy vegetables? Any? I'm am also uh, amazed by this fact. They have mushroom, summer squash, iceberg lettuce, avocado, et cetera. How do you put et cetera at the end of that list of things that have nothing to do with each
1: other? <laughs> <laughs> right. And other things like Mushrooms and iceberg lettuce <laughs> and
0: you avocado. Know. Iceberg you know. lettuce and avocado
1: are the most opposite foods. <laughs> right. Nobody's ever like God. I really feel like some iceberg lettuce toast. <laughs> Actually,
0: with a little honey mustard, I can. I bet see you it. do.
1: I bet you would like it with some mustard. Yeah. yeah. All right. <laughs> so, so there's your answer: fungi, avocados, iceberg lettuce, etc. Cetera. etc. Cetera. <laughs> All right, Hank, let's uh, move on to this question from Christine who writes, Dear John and Hank, I've been wearing a face mask because reasons, but I miss (laughs) smiling at people. What gesture can I make to people I don't know to let them know I see them and what they do? What what is happening out there?
0: I'm just laughing at this question.
1: Oh, okay. It was such a weird laugh that I got confused. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) it sounded like a door creaking open. (laughs) What gesture can I make to people I don't know to let them know I see them (laughs) when I'm wearing a mask? I don't want to just, like, say hi all the time. Yeah. D-F-T-W-A-M, Christine. Easy enough. Obviously, you just have
0: to be wearing a cabana hat and you just do a little, you just pick it up a little.
1: Oh, a little tip of the hat? Yeah. Nothing like a tip of the hat, like, hello there.
0: Do you think I could, I'm 40, can I wear a cabana hat yet?
1: No, no. You're like at least 20 years Mm. and 42 Jimmy Buffett concerts away (sighs) from being able to wear a cabana hat. That's the rules.
0: I do want to wear a cabana hat, but I don't want to go to any Jimmy Jimmy Buffett concerts ever. I think I
1: could do it. I'm sympathetic to your plight, but those are the rules. I don't make them. Anyway, Christine... The answer to this is extremely simple, which is that you can actually tell that people are smiling via their eyes. Yeah, you, know, you just gotta let it get up tell. there. You gotta let your cheeks yeah. do the work. Yeah, you just. but I saw a, a great TikTok about this when somebody was like, when coronavirus is over and I'm smiling at people and it's, <laughs> you're just smiling with your eyes. And because I do find myself doing that now, like when I'm wearing a mask and I'm trying to be expressive with my face, like it's all in my eyes. now. So I'm like, here's me with very wide eyes. Here's Mm -hmm. me with happy, smiling eyes. Mm -hmm. And I do feel like at some point I'm going to take off the face mask and people are going to be like, why don't you smile with your mouth?
0: Yeah, I also uh, sometimes will recognize someone and then they will be like, "Okay, you're going to have to tell me who you are. And then I'll tell them and they'll be like, I'm so sorry. And I'll be like, no, I've covered my face. This is, I'm wearing a hat and a mask. You've got like three square inches with it to figure out who
1: I am. Yeah. Not fair. Yeah. I personally, I mean, I obviously want this to end on every possible level, <laughs> except for the level where uh, I can't recognize anyone and no one can recognize me. I kind of like <laughs> that level. <laughs> Just got to move through the world
0: without ever. Whereas I am the opposite and would like, I, I feel like I should start wearing a cabana hat so people will be like, that's Hank. Oh. He's the, he's the guy who wears the cabana hat.
1: Oh, I mean, you just had a moment of real, deep, self-realization. But I don't know if it penetrated as deeply as I need it to. (laughs)
0: I'm gonna hey, Hank're we're gonna we're gonna stop recording the podcast for a sec. We're gonna let you sit with that feeling yeah.
1: If you could go call your therapist real quick learn about
0: your, <laughs> learn about how you're thinking about your cabana hat and then I'm gonna need to just spend a 15 solid minutes
1: alone with yeah. that. By the way, Hank um, that's that's a feeling that you share with everyone who has a cabana hat <laughs> and wears the cabana hat out on a regular basis Yeah. Yeah, probably true.
0: Well, this one's not that expensive, though.
1: Okay, let's move on before Hank starts online shopping. This question comes from Maya, who writes, Dear John and Hank, I've been going on bike rides around my neighborhood in the evenings, and sometimes I see that a few of my neighbors have their lawn sprinklers going, and I get pretty sweaty from biking, and the weather is very warm at the moment. Would it be acceptable to get down off my bike and run through their sprinklers? (laughs) How can I pass this off if I get caught? P.S. I am an adult. <laughs> Which is a <laughs> helpful background.
0: Yeah, sometimes Oren will like run through people's sprinklers and then he'll be like, come with me. And I'll be like, I don't think I can.
1: Yeah. I think that a, you
0: can and I can't. And he's like, why not? And I'm like, yeah. I don't know. But like, I don't make the rules, buddy. But that's what what it feels like to me. And I will yep. sometimes, I like lean my arm out over the sprinklers and like get some. Just like get a little sprinkle, yeah, and then maybe like splash it on my face, but but I I feel like
1: if if someone was doing it in my yard, I think I'd be okay with it. I wouldn't at all. And here's my take on it: if the sprinkler, mm-hmm. because of the way that the person set it up, extends out of the yard into a street... Or across a sidewalk. Or across a sidewalk. You mm-hmm. are allowed to stop on the sidewalk... And get sprinkles. ...and let the sprinkler sprinkle mm-hmm. you, to quote Hank, several times, <laughs> because that is the person who put the sprinkler in, basically saying, like, I'm allowing for this possibility. Uh-huh. But I don't think you're allowed to, like, run through someone's lawn while the sprinkler is on. Now, there is... Another question here, which is why are we using perfectly potable water (laughs) to sprinkle on grass that cannot be eaten, Mm -hmm. which is a question for a separate podcast called The Anthropocene Reviewed Episode 3. Okay. Glad we got that one
0: settled. No problem. Oh, hey, that reminds me. Okay. uh, (laughs) Does it remind you of the same
1: thing it reminded me of? Because we're going to find out. You go. Uh, It reminds me that I have a major announcement that I forgot to make. Oh, okay. (laughs) Yeah, it's different. But I know what it is. I, I have a new book coming out. It's coming out next May, I think, and it's a collection of essays. It's my first book of nonfiction. It is called The Anthropocene Reviewed, and it's a mix of episodes of the podcast that have been expanded and revised to turn into a book, and also new reviews. It's my attempt, I guess, to chart what uh, what it felt like for one person to live in the Anthropocene, At One Moment in History. So yeah, it's available for pre-order now. And also, I will be signing every copy of the first printing in the United States, if you are ordering it in the United States. I I guess that won't surprise anybody who's familiar with my past books or uh, with the episode of The Anthropocene Reviewed, where I talk about the artwork of the Japanese artist Hiroyuki Doi. I like to make repetitive marks on paper, so I'm excited. He will sign Uh, anything. (laughs) <laughs> I'm really excited uh, for the book and also uh, quite nervous about it. But but yeah, I am I am really excited and and I hope that you like it. Congratulations, John! I'm excited. Excited to Thank see you. Thank you. Thanks, John. This it's next book. F- it's been a few years since I published a book, so it'll it'll. I I, uh, 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 I, I hope uh. it's. Uh, <laughs> let's move on. <laughs> I hope people show. like it. Oh God. Okay, go. This next question
0: comes from Caroline, who asks, "Hello." Mr. and Mr. Green, that's not what the name of the podcast is, though that would be fun. That would be a great podcast name, though. Then we would have to lose. We have to have to end our bet. It seems like time is slowing down, John, and that maybe we will get to Mars by 2028. Do you want to double down? No, (laughs) I just moved into my dorm and my roommate is pretty great. We get along and uh, I enjoy living with her. But. There's one thing I haven't been able to talk to her about on her whiteboard. She has written DFTBA. <laughs> I want to ask her about it, but starting conversations is not a skill that I'm great at. I've been waiting for her to notice my DFTBA pin that I have on my backpack, but it's been three days and she hasn't. <laughs> do, what do I say to bring up the subject? I don't know if she listens to the podcast, but if she does, hi, Lucy, it's Caroline. Any dubious, dubious advice would be greatly appreciated. Uh, I'm an empath and care a lot,
1: Caroline. This is very sweet, but I think it's totally possible, Caroline, that she did notice and she just also hasn't said anything because she's also nervous. Yeah, it
0: seems likely.
1: I, I think it was a great move to write into the podcast. It's That's a very passive choice. <laughs> My kind of move. I really like it. Yeah. But I do think at some point you've got to say like, hey, I know uh, what that initialism means. Yeah,
0: what's the opposite of aggressive? So you can, it's like passive aggressive, but then there's like whatever this is. Yeah, but
1: this isn't passive aggressive. It's it's merely passive, right? Like it. we've all had occasions like this where you see somebody reading your favorite book and you're like, no, I'm not gonna say anything because like I-
0: Right, well, this is like-
1: I've seen movies where people say things and the people who say things aren't people I wanna be like. (laughs) Like we all have those moments. Yeah, it's passive friendly. It's like we're we're we're
0: trying to create friendness, but passively. And active friendly is great, passive friendly is great. but I I think that you don't need to bring up the DFTBA. You just bring up the, you just bring up something around DFTBA, like you're like, are you excited for Pizzamas this year, or have you ever gotten? No,
1: that's no, that's no? A bad, that's a terrible idea. John doesn't that's so like. It. Oh, it's like so creepy. Ah, I like it's so creepy to come if you're just like. Yeah, it's. I guess I guess it's a little creepy if, if somebody said because first off, somebody could know DFTBA and not know us. That is possible. I guess. They could certainly know DFTBA and not know Pizzamas, Right, like the the longer it goes the weirder it gets, as is the case with so many things.
0: Right, true. And so... So you just got to buckle
1: down and say, do you follow TikTok star Hank Green? (laughs) I think you mean, do you follow (laughs) TikTok star John Green? (laughs) Or... TikTok over user Hank Green, Uh, because uh you're obsessed with the total number who has more followers, which I think is a very 2017 way of judging success on social media. I subscribe to the Uncle Mike theory of social media stardom, which is that really the amount of your social media impact should be your number of total posts divided <laughs> by your number of total followers. That's very good. You're very you're you're one of the tops on TikTok then. And if you have that means that if you have one follower and zero posts, you are the most successful social media star of all time. <laughs>
0: yeah. Anytime you're dividing by zero, that's the win.
1: <laughs> per unit of work. Yeah. I mean, if you really, if you want to if you want to win social media, don't use it. What were we talking about? Uh, Trying, trying to figure. Sorry, Sorry, I was doing a Rubik's cube. (laughs) Yeah, I was looking at
0: TikTok. Sorry, I got lost. (laughs) Trying to figure out how to get Caroline uh, in in, on the on the friendship path. Re uh, their common interest in
1: at least the initialism DFTBA. Yeah, so I think you just say like I noticed you had DFTBA written on the whiteboard, and I also I have a DFTBA keychain. Did you know that? John Green has a new book coming out <laughs> in May. It's called The Anthropocene Reviewed, and it's available for pre-order wherever books are sold. Yeah, that would be my that would be my way in, Caroline. But e- obviously, everybody has a different opening line. Yeah, and you got to do this soon
0: because you're probably not going to be in that dorm much longer. <laughs> <laughs> God no. I hope th- I hope not. I hope everything Jesus. goes. I hope everything goes fine, and that you're in that dorm for a long, long time. But regardless, Caroline, you're probably going to want to shoot your shot because uh, it it may be that the people in
1: your dorm are the
0: only ones you're going to get to hang out with.
1: Potentially just you and your roommate.
0: (laughs) God, which reminds me, John, that this podcast is brought to you by COVID-19. COVID-19 has a sponsor message here. It says, don't wear a mask. (laughs) Uh, So I guess we really will take money from anybody, John. (laughs)
1: Today's podcast is also, of course, brought to you by um, shutting down the economy. (laughs) Shutting down the economy. Don't wear a mask. Uh, This podcast is
0: also brought to you by cabana hats. Oh, God. Not masks.
1: No. (laughs) (laughs) They do nothing for you. And also, this podcast is brought to you by the Anthropocene Reviewed Book. The Anthropocene Reviewed Book, John forgot to plug it until halfway through the podcast. (laughs) But now I've plugged it five times. This is a Project for Awesome message.
0: From Alex and Geo to Ali, Allison, Goose, Sarah, Sky, and Wiki. Sorry, fam. We totally put this off into the last second and now can't think of what to say. Y'all are really cool. And we're glad to have the cuckoo bombs. Maybe one day we'll, we'll all be in the same place. Maybe. Maybe, Alex and Geo. Maybe. Fingers crossed.
1: I do hope that one day I can be in the same place as my friends and brother. And mm-hmm. yeah. Yep. I miss that. I don't miss traveling as such, but I (laughs) Sometimes I like to imagine the world after us, the strange mammals that will emerge, the abundance of biodiverse plant life taking over our fields and factories and so on. I don't think this world will be better. I maintain that we are the most interesting thing to happen on Earth, and there is real beauty and meaning in our curiosity and compassion even as we also cause and witness so much suffering. But at any rate, there will be a world after us, after each of us. And that's why there's life insurance. It exists to provide a financial safety net to those who love and count on you. Policy Genius's technology makes it easy to compare life insurance quotes from America's top insurers in just a few clicks to find your lowest price. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year
0: I miss seeing people I love. Yeah, I miss being in the places. John, this last question before the news from Mars and AFC Wimbledon comes from Laura, who asks, Dear Hank and John, I've recently been in a bookstore twice and had issues finding my book due to looking in the wrong genre section. The first time I looked in the fantasy section to find it was in a a section labeled dark fantasy. Oh. I didn't know that was the thing, but now now I do. The next visit I was looking for a book for a sci-fi themed book of the month. Instead of the sci-fi section, it was in the mysteries and thrillers section. Normally I have no issues with asking help from the bookstore staff, but at current time in all that stuff, I'd like to avoid it. So how do I know which genre I should be perusing for books? All help is appreciated, Laura. I just went to Barnes & Noble to to, to stealth sign some copies of my book, and I I went through the entire science fiction section, and it wasn't there. And so I've discovered it was in the (laughs) science fiction and fantasy section, which was separate from the science fiction section. Wow.
1: Wow. Yeah, the ideal solution to this is to ask a bookseller and they'll almost always be extremely helpful and and know where the book is. But I understand why that might be complicated in this current time. Mm -hmm. I have also had this experience a number of times. I think some of it speaks to the way genre is changing and bookstores try to shelve stuff with other things that you might also like. If you like this, right? Like they, they try to do readalikes of a kind, but that doesn't really work if you can't find the book you're looking for. <laughs>
0: right. Well, I mean, here's the situation. We can't even figure out what mushrooms are. We think we think we think iceberg lettuce and avocado belong in the same category. Right. It's just hard. It's hard. It's hard to categorize things. It's hard.
1: Taxonomy is hard. Yeah. And it's really hard when it comes to books because there are a lot of books that are romance novels and literary fiction and science fiction. And there are some books that are yeah. romance and mystery and literature. And SF and fantasy and YA, like Mm -hmm. it's endless. That's one of the things I always really liked about publishing young adult fiction is that that all lived on the shelf together. Right. So Holly Black and Lori Holtz-Anderson and Jacqueline Woodson and Walter Dean Myers could all live together. Right. And I always thought that was really, really cool. Yeah. But obviously it's hard to do that at scale and just be, be like, here are all the books. You do need some kind of taxonomy, and I get that.
0: Yeah, you do. And I think that uh, that these things are always in flux. And so, like, dark fantasy kind of didn't exist, and then it did, and it may not exist in the future. And my Barnes & Noble in particular, if you're listening and you work there, what's up? It looks great in there, by the way. You're doing fantastic work. Um, and it looks like it is in a state of flux where maybe science fiction and fantasy is continuing to be broken out from itself. But there are books that yes. definitely I wouldn't know which section to put it in if if those weren't blended categories.
1: That's a great point too that a lot of bookstores are are in flux right now yeah. and they're obviously responding to you know in in many of their cases the biggest challenge in yeah. their history. Yeah. And figuring out how to do that well is is not easy. And I feel like we should say, Hank, Mm -hmm. that this is a great time to support bookstores. It's always a good time to support bookstores, but this is a really great time to do it if you can. If you live in the United States, you can support your local independent store by shopping for books at bookshop.org. But bookstores are just so important to publishing and they support a lot of jobs. And yeah, so support them if you can.
0: All right, John, do you have any news from AFC Wimbledon for us?
1: Hank the stadium is really it's really coming together i it, it's not gonna be ready by the first game of the season mm. uh of course that doesn't matter very much because there won't be fans right at the beginning of yes. the season or at least it looks like there probably won't be fans at yep. the beginning of the season. the first game is currently scheduled like the first game of the the third tier. Season is currently scheduled for September 12th, and I know that because the fixtures list has come out. That's right, we have a schedule, Hank. A schedule. We know who we're playing. Is that what the fixtures list is? Is that what they call it? Yeah, so we know who we're playing and in what order. Or I guess I should say... In the past, we would have known who we were playing and in what order. In the past, when we believed in the future. In the current (laughs) present, we know who we hope we are playing and in what order. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because who knows what's going to happen with the League One season season this year, but assuming that things go according to plan, the season will begin on September 12th, which is several weeks later than usual in an attempt to get the um, the the numbers of new cases in the UK uh, even lower than where they are now. Mm-hmm. So it'll start on September 12th and run through basically mid May. The highlights of the season for me are obviously, the games against Milton Keynes, those are important games. Mm -hmm. It does look like the game uh, against Milton Keynes, the home game, the home version of that game, the game that we will be playing at Plow Lane, uh, the place that they tried to take from us and that Wimbledon fans uh, have rebuilt, will be on January 30th of 2021. I've got that date circled in my calendar as... The first time I get on a plane? Question mark? Question mark? Question mark? <laughs> <laughs> wow, <laughs> that that that's probably a little ambitious, mm. but um, it would be great to see see Wimbledon playing at Plough Lane, especially that particular game, because I think it will be a, a sellout. Um, Also, Swindon Town, Hank, who you may remember from years and years ago of playing FIFA with me, Swindon Town have been promoted up from League Two to the third tier of English football, and uh, they will be playing Wimbledon uh, on September 10th. Wow. So that's another uh, exciting fixture for me. But on the whole, the schedule looks... I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of Wimbledon fans talking about, is it better to play the good teams at the beginning of the season? Or do we want to save the good teams for the end of the season when we're playing at Plow Lane and we've got more crowd noise and more energy? But who knows if there will be a crowd? Nobody knows. Yeah. So we know who we're supposed to be playing, which is a step in the right direction. We still don't know when any of it's going to happen.
0: I hear that. Well, John, this week in Mars news, um, we just got a little update on Perseverance, which has done a bit of a course correction on its journey to the, to the red planet. It's, uh, is that normal? Of, is, yes, should I be concerned? Is it is one of the normal. There, there are five of these. So this is the first of five. Okay. Fifteen days after liftoff, um, eight of the spacecraft's thrusters were fired in a thing that is called a trajectory correction maneuver, which is exactly what it sounds like. Uh, And that uh, is going to launch it out of our orbit and into Mars's orbit. Um, And the next one is going to happen at the end of September. There's also a backup planned for February in case any last-minute corrections are needed as the rover gets ready to land in the Jezero Crater, which is a wonderful, weird, cool geologic place to be on Mars. And so it's very exciting that Perseverance... Will all going to plan be there quite soon? You can see the full map of how all of this works at uh, Perseverance's Twitter account, which is at NASA Persevere. And according to the account, as of August fifteenth, the spacecraft has gone about twenty-seven million miles already, uh, with about with about two hundred sixty-five million miles to go. That is mind blowing. Yeah. It's, it's you know, it's it's a distance. Uh, it's a it's a it's it's a distance. Not as far as we've ever gone or anything, but it's certainly farther than any person has ever gone.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've done a lot of air travel. I have some pretty <laughs> not to brag. I have some pretty fancy medallion status, uh-huh. but I'm not anywhere close to twenty eight million miles. <laughs> You get a really you get a you get a really special oh, medallion Lord. if you make it to twenty eight million miles.
0: They really, I mean, that should that Delta should get a sponsorship with NASA. Pay pay, pay them, and then uh, and then we they'll just say anytime uh, Curiosity or Perseverance wants to go on a flight anywhere in the world, free, absolutely.
1: <laughs> God, God, I love Delta. I can't wait for the day, Hank, when Delta finally sponsors me. Yeah, I'll wear like I'll wear like a Delta polo. <laughs> And Vlogbrothers videos for the rest of my life. Can I tell? Can I
0: tell you and the tens of thousands of people listening a secret? Yeah, but it's a secret, so don't tell anybody. Okay, yeah. I, just, of I was recently reached out to by a competing dietary fiber supplement brand, to Metamucil. Are you serious?
1: I was. That isn't Metamucil. Yes.
0: What? Can I guess who it was? No, you are not allowed to guess, John. Okay. What
1: did you? What did you say? I said, send me some of your product, and I will see what I think of it. Wow. I mean, I have to say, Hank, if you get sponsored by a supplementary fiber brand that isn't Metamucil, my faith in your seriousness as an ad pitch man is going <laughs> to be in the toilet. I will have no faith in you whatsoever. At that point, you might as well be the like guy who's on infomercials shouting about <laughs> cleaning surfaces.
0: Well, look, maybe it's way better.
1: So I'm just going to let them send me some. And if yeah. I like it May- better. Right. And I'm sure that the prospect of financial compensation will in no way affect your relationship with the product, just is- as it never, ever does for anyone ever. <laughs> <laughs> We'll see. All right, Hank, I look forward to you selling your soul for <laughs> a different supplemental fiber brand. Thanks for potting with me. Thanks to everybody for listening. You can write us at hankandjohn at gmail.com. We really appreciate all your emails.
0: We're off to record our patron-only Patreon podcast ad that you can find at patreon.com slash dearhankandjohn and that podcast is now called This Week in Stuff where we talk about stuff that ideally made us a little happier than usual. This podcast is edited by Joseph Tuna Medish. it's produced by Rosiana Hall Rojas and Sheridan Gibson. Our editorial assistant is Devoki Chakravarti Our communications coordinator is Julia Bloom the music you're hearing now and at the beginning of the podcast is by the great Gunarola and as they say in our hometown
1: Don't forget, forget to be awesome. Be awesome.